your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour is Adam Murphy. I like to call him our political blowhard. He's also a small business owner. Called his business is called Big Bang LLC. I was thinking about this, Adam. We could also call you like a tech bro. Could you be a tech bro? <laughs> uh, uh, I I could be. I could be. I I dabble a little. Although I have to admit that uh, uh, nowadays most of it is my employees. I I don't uh, I don't be, geek out nearly as much. Would as your I employees maybe call you like tech dad or tech grandpa or? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of, right? I still, I still fix my mom's iPhone when when she gets confused by it, but uh, you know, it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's my guys are taking care of me now. That's that's the the honest truth. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk of text line. Adam always encourages calls. We get some political, we get into some political t- discussions here, and uh, he likes to, you know, I, I feel like you. You, you know, you ran for Senate as a Democrat, but yeah, you you do things a little bit differently in, in that you go to like Charlie Kirk speaking engagements. Yeah. And if people don't know, Charlie Kirk's a very right wing. Uh, he's he's the right wing Rick Solom, I would say. Right. Something like that. <laughs> uh, just a little bit beyond that. But but sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very far right. He has uh, he has yeah. some awful takes on on racist things and just uh, like I would say, there's, there's some terrible takes on on certain things that deal with that, like sexism and racism and all that. And I don't agree with him at all. But you go to these events and not that you need to talk to Charlie Kirk, but you know who's going to show up at these events is mostly right wing people. And, and then you kind of want to understand where they're coming from and then get them to understand where you're coming from. Is that right? Well, if we don't if we don't listen to each other, first of all, um, then it's impossible to to meet, right? And there are there are definitely topics where I think we're not going to meet. Right? We can use abortion as a great example, right? The, those who are for and against are, are never going to meet in the middle. But if we're not, uh, I specialize more in the economic side of things, the business side of things, right? And if uh, occasionally the technology side of things, if we're not capable and willing to to listen to the other side um, and to those who, who we, we agree and disagree with, then we're never going to get anywhere. It's one of the, the uh, when, when you go back to the Socratic uh, logic, right, so Socrates, um, if I can't explain your argument to you, to your satisfaction, right, if I can't explain your point of view to you, to your satisfaction, then we can't have a debate. Because I don't understand it well enough, I don't understand your point well enough to have a debate, and arguably the same thing in, in reverse, if you can't understand mine. And so, yeah, I absolutely uh, attend Republican events and far-right events and, you know, videos, and I watch Fox News, and, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on, and I engage with conservatives and with Republicans and with Libertarians and those who don't uh, don't necessarily agree with me, because if we don't do that, we're not going to get anywhere. This might be the first time that we've uh, we've talked about philosophy or philosophers in that regard, and <laughs> it just reminded me that one time in philosophy class, I called him Socrates because I was just re- I was just reading, I wasn't thinking sure. about it, and I just went Socrates and. Uh, yeah, and then I went. Oh, yeah, that's Socrates, isn't it? Socrates. <laughs> it's kind of like the hey, word. That's okay. It's kind of like the word Tucson, and you, if you're if you're just reading without thinking, you go by it, and you're like Tucson. I think Trump did that during his speech once uh, with like a, a national park. He he phonetically said it, uh, probably because he was reading off the teleprompter. I, I I've been there. So Socrates. Yeah. I was like, who's the yeah, Socrates and, guy? 
Right, and I think uh, Bill and Ted's Fourth Adventure is going to be coming out soon, and they did so great as well. So that's right. You're that's good right. to go. That's I know you. I know you like movies. I did just see. I did just see that <laughs> yep. Bill and Ted's. Uh, I always quote uh, Bill and Ted's number two. Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to remember the quote anymore. When when death he, he death always said a certain quote. I'll have to think. I have to look it up now because now I can't think of it. I'm <laughs> very disappointed in myself. I did not see the third Bill and Ted's uh, adventure. And um, I can't believe there's a fourth one. Although there are six Home Alones, Adam. There's six of them. Home okay, Alone. well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a John Wick fan, so that's, that's where I tend to go. Okay, 608-785-7914. <laughs> um, what's interesting, too, and we'll get into it in a minute. We've got to go to break. But what's interesting, too, about your, your want and need to talk to the other side, so to speak. It's, it's weird that we call it like that, but the, the other side of the aisle, whatever you want to say, two people that have right-wing beliefs or two Republicans— um, your belief there is, you know, we're going to solve some of this if we get new maps in the, in the state uh, where where it won't just be blowhards on the radio that that talk about, hey, we'll, we'll have to come to the middle. It'll literally have to be our politicians that come to the middle uh, to both sides of the aisle and and from both sides of the aisle because uh, the new maps won't be as, as, you know, gerrymandered one way or the other. I, I would say lacrosse's map in, in the assembly right here is gerrymandered towards. Uh, a Democrat. So, um, all right. Adam Murphy hanging out with us. We'll be back in a minute. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in in the studio. On the phone with me, we, sh- we should get you in the studio one of these times, Adam. On the phone with me is Adam Murphy from across the state, from the Milwaukee area. Um, he is my political blowhard. He's a tech bro. We could do a tech grandpa, I guess. I don't know. It seems insulting. You're not that much older than me. I don't know if I should be calling you that. Um, I'm 52. I got you by right? a couple. Yeah, just not that many. It's not. It's just like everybody that's been doing things like this in this world longer than me, which is almost everybody. Like I'm just pretty new at this still. I think. Uh, so you sure. you just feel like you're more experienced, and I'm just I'm gonna learn something every time I talk to you. And I want to talk about new maps, but I just want to do a rundown of some of the things I have. Uh, on the list also medical marijuana i don't know if we'll get to that uh we just we just patchwork the 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 government so to avoid another shutdown right like kind of put the bubble gum on the leaking water the leaking dam is that what we did adam yeah yeah it's for about seven weeks i think till like march 1st and march 8th so we're like just gonna weeks. we're yep. just gonna keep doing it like that like chewing gum and slapping it on the dam until 2020 the november you've got and and something we've talked about but You've got a staunch group of, and I can't even call them Republicans, right? Right? This this far, I, I don't even know if they're right wing, left wing. I don't even know how to describe them. But you have a strong group that does not want the government to function, right? Regardless of what it is, and they're trying to shut things down at every opportunity. This is the second or third time we've gone through this. We're probably going to have another new speaker of the house because Johnson is going to get, you know, well, we'll I saw, get, I saw this interview on Is it Laura Ingram, like Fox news? Oh God. And she was interviewing <laughs> Mike Johnson, the, the house speaker. And Mike Johnson was like, yeah, I talked to Trump about the border crisis two days ago. And he said, don't take the deal. And there, so he's, and I don't know, should, should right. Mike Johnson be taking orders from the presidential candidate or should he be nego- you know like I don't know what the rules are what what should be or shouldn't be done but if if Donald Trump who's the you know going to be the candidate for president tells you not to take the deal but the whole point is right to sabotage anything that anyone wants to get done because anything that gets done right now is going to make Biden look good this is why the state assembly doesn't do anything after March right like they don't want they want to go campaign but if we we pass legislation that made you look good god forbid we vote for you 
Right. And there are, there are House members that have literally said exactly what you just said. They've said, we will not do anything about the border crisis, for example. Um, we won't address it because if we do pass anything, then that's going to make Joe Biden look good. So they are, first of all, it's, uh, don't, don't, don't mistake me in, in that I don't think that there's a border crisis. I think there's a massive crisis in Central and South America. Right. And the fact that we've got a couple of million people that are fleeing their countries in order to try to bring their children somewhere safe. Right. So there is absolutely a crisis. But Customs and Border Protection, we added 1,800 new agents this year. And that was in part with the Republicans. Um, And so I want to give credit where credit is due. But there was a request from the White House for $4 billion in additional funding to go towards border protection. And the GOP shot it down. So let me say that again. They bitch about it, and then they refuse to do anything about it. And that's this group that's in there, and that's the group that I'm most concerned about when we talk about Wisconsin gerrymandering. We were talking about the possibility of if the maps become better, which they should, so that they're at least reasonably fair, do we then have a small majority uh, in the GOP, for example, but is there some group in that GOP group that refuses to cooperate with anyone? Right? So there's a group right now that's trying to uh, impeach the, the elections uh, uh, chair. Um, that's a very, very small group, and the majority of the Republicans are saying, no, we're not going to do that. But they have the capacity to try to shut things down. That's not governing. Um, and, and that's not good for any of us. That's not good for the border. That's not good for Social Security. That's a pick a topic if they're not willing to govern, rather just try to shut things down. That's bad for all of us. Uh, and that's what we're seeing a lot of, unfortunately. Okay, so you mentioned new maps. We, I think March 5th. Yep, I, I think, no, that's fine. No, it's great. I think March 15th is the day, and, and it was my fault because I went to uh, the, the government shutdown. Just like I was going to do the list, and then I stopped in the middle of the list and was like, <laughs> But the, uh, but March fifteenth is the date where where the new maps have to be in place, I believe. And we have seven yep. groups that submitted maps. First, it's 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 so funny the the way this. I mean, we, if we got rid of the system where the 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 party that randomly wins an election every decade gets to draw the maps, and then that never happened or it happened once, I guess. Um, and if we got rid of that system, but it, the the system we have now is the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court thunders in. And says, "All right, anyone that wants to submit maps, go ahead, and then we'll pick." Which just seems ludicrous to me. And then I don't know if they'll pick or if they'll redraw them themselves, or uh, they hired two consultants to kind of decide this as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it seems a little nuts. And now we might even get new U.S. House maps, though I don't think that's going to get done in time. Yeah, I I hadn't heard about the House maps. Uh, I've been busy, you know, uh, enjoying glowing in, in, in the Packers' victory for the last few days. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better you but, better enjoy it all you can because it's going to end on Saturday. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. All I know is I took friends up to the Packers uh, Bears game, and the weather was not frigid, so that was fantastic. And as much as I would have liked a home playoff game, I was also kind of glad not to be at Lambeau when it was you know seven degrees. Oh my god! Zero. So, um, <laughs> sorry, total distraction from where we were going. No, we were talking about uh, seven <laughs> groups. We have seven groups that submitted new yeah. maps, and and they're like, and all of the new maps are better than the Assembly and Senate U.S. Uh, no, uh, state Senate maps that we have now. If you want to talk about them right. being rigged towards the right, they're they're better. Right. Even the Republicans that submitted maps in two different Republican groups and a, and a Republican law firm 
uh, all submitted BAPs, and they're all better than what we have now, which just kind of shows you what, what's going on. Well, and the ones that we have now were worse than the 2010 maps, right? right? So they actually, it actually moved from uh, 10% Republican um, fix to, I think, 12%. So for, for your listeners who are upset about this uh, and saying that, hey, it's the legislature that's supposed to do this, it's the legislature that gets to decide, right, that gets to vote and then approved by, by the governor. There is nothing in the Constitution for the, uh, of Wisconsin that says how or where the maps have to be drawn or, or by whom. Right? There is very specific uh, layout in the state constitution that says it should be county and then city and with the least uh, you know, jogging, uh, not the term that I used, but you understand my point. Um, and that is absolutely not the case. Right? So also I want to emphasize that the maps that we have right now, right, that are 12% gerrymandered for, for the GOP, were shot down by the previous Wisconsin State Supreme Court three times before they were finally pushed through, and that was because the U.S. Supreme Court said, hey, why are there seven black assembly districts when there were only six before? You have to justify that. And there wasn't enough time, and so those justices that literally shot down these maps turned around and accepted these maps, which, by the way, only have five black assembly districts. So it's actually even more gerrymandered. But the maps that we have right now were shot down. So when people are saying that that uh, you know that they were constitutional, no, actually they were not. But at the end of the day, this is where the the conservatives went: was we're going to pass it through anyway. So we all know, we all understand. And if and if you're saying otherwise, you are absolutely lying to yourself. We absolutely know that Wisconsin has the most gerrymandered maps in the country. They are egregious, and they are they are. They are cruel at the end of the day. And it doesn't have anything to do with Democrat or Republican as far as I'm concerned. It has everything to do with voters. If you tell me that 46% of the vote should get 64% of the seats, you're lying. Plain and simple, right? You only care about your own power, and that's what the GOP has been doing. So I, And I know I'm up on my high horse, and I apologize. Uh, there's probably a break that has to come up here. Um, but... Even the most recent maps that were proposed by Evers and some of these other organizations are still slightly in favor of Republican. My concern, and it's the same thing, like I said, we're seeing in the House, is if we're at 52-49, uh, right, are there going to be half a dozen Republican Assembly members that are just so far to the right and so anti-government that the GOP can't get anything done? If that happens... Do we finally have some negotiation? Do we finally have government working? That would be awesome. We just haven't seen that in the last 10 years. Is it, is it kind of funny? We're speaking with Adam Murphy, a small business owner, a political scientist, uh, economist, and uh, failed U.S. Senate run. <laughs> well, let's, let's not forget that. And tech bro. And, and tech, tech grandpa. And tech right. grandpa. Uh, 608-785-7914. And if you want, to, you want to talk to him about this stuff, go, go ahead. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. Um, there, there's seven criteria for these new maps, and I, like, and, and I don't know. I, I some of them are real easy. One word I can never say out loud, so you could just correct me when I get to it. But one is population deviation. The second, and I think these are in order of like most important to least major minority districts. That's the next one. Con, contiguous, 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 contiguous. I can't. That's the word I can't mm-hmm. say. Contiguous, contiguous, yep. where we don't have Swiss cheese districts, where we don't have a district and there's an island, and then there's a part of it on an island. Uh, geographic splits, 
compactness. And then the last criteria is partisan balance. And that one, I I do kind of have like a little bit of a problem with partisan balance because like what? We're just going to draw the map so that we have, you know, how like do we need to draw the, the districts weird so that we have a partisan balance? Well, people move and people don't, you know, like, I, I don't know that one. I have, I, I feel like Republicans could argue that one away, but, but, but on the flip side, when they drew the maps, you would flip these rankings and partisan balance would have been the first one. And that would have been right. partisan imbalance is how the, the maps were drawn the first time. Right. Yeah. You, you'll find, um, and, and, uh, here's, here's a great example of where gerrymandering is really impactful in voting. Uh, Gwen Moore is the U.S. House representative down here in Milwaukee. She represents primarily some of the black districts in, in Milwaukee. And when you look at any of the congressional districts across Wisconsin, uh, because of the, the, the math, uh, there's generally about 400,000 people that vote, because uh, right, they should each have the same voting populations are, are pretty close. Yep. So there's about 400,000 people that vote, a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on what's going on. In Gwen Moore's district, because her district is, is what's called packed, so they took as many blacks and as many Democrats as possible and packed them all into her district. So Gwen Moore normally doesn't even have a, a competitor. Uh, so the Republicans, the 10% of Republicans that live in, in her district, their votes just don't matter, first of all, uh, mm-hmm. which is unfair to them. But then about 100,000 people in her district don't vote. Her, her district normally votes about 300,000 people. Uh, because they know their vote doesn't matter. Right. And that's really important because that affects all of the other races, both up ballot and down ballot. That's 100,000 people that would have voted in the presidential election or the, the U.S. Senate election that didn't. And that could have massively swung either of those those elections. Uh, and that's very, very deliberate. Um, and, well, in, and there are states that are blue that they, they do the reverse. Well, so is that I, contagious? I'm, I'm opposed to it all. Is that contagious to the rest of the year when there are other elections? Like coming up in April, sure. we have a local election. It's nonpartisan. There's not a Republican or a Democrat on the ballot, literally, you know, like there's no R or D. But if you're in your district and you go, well, I'm not, I don't vote in the presidential election because my vote doesn't matter because I'm a Republican in this Gwen Moore district, but then do they go and vote for school board members and county board members and city council members, or are they just discouraged altogether and then don't even think about it? They're discouraged altogether. What we know, and, and I've said this on your show several times, is the biggest indicator of whether somebody is going to vote in an election, regardless of what election it is, is if they have voted before. It becomes a habit, as does not voting. So for those that don't vote in the biggest elections, then there's even less reason for them. Essentially, they feel that politicians don't care about them, um, that their vote doesn't matter. And that's going to be the same regardless of whether we're talking about the local school districts, which are critically important, um, whether, you know, the local um, city and, and county uh, elections, which impact people arguably much more directly, or whether we're talking about statewide and national elections. Um, it is absolutely the case, if you look at Gwen Moore's district, that that district votes at the lowest level across the state um, out of any district, regardless of what the election is. Yeah, we need we need some incentives for these local elections, because when we had the mayor's race here, it was like 20% or a little, right around 20% vote in the city of La Crosse yep. for mayor, and it's like, and then, and then everyone wants to be mad about it, and it's like, well... Eighty percent of you didn't even vote. Like it's just, it's kind of right, insane. Right. Um, and then primaries all, are the same way. Yeah. Um, all right. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna co- when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Maybe 
I, you know, I, t- I told you yesterday I wanted to gripe about car insurance. So I might, I might, we might talk yeah. about electric vehicles and car insurance when we come back to. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Adam Murphy, small business owner, economist, political blowhard, political scientist. Bro, what did I call you? Oh, tech grandpa. <laughs> tech grandpa. Tech grandpa. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if that one sticks. It's, it's really it's way funnier than um, the, the the failed Senate candidate thing I give you. But political blowhard, <laughs> I feel like you like that one because then you're. you I, I, I'm embracing it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm so Adam, yesterday I had a referee on, and we talked about like, and you you've been to enough sporting events, I'm sure. Uh, just like unruly fans, especially at like high school and lower events, unruly fans kind of ruining the experience and not uh, not really understanding why we're at sporting events and why, um, you know, you shouldn't be yelling at kids or players or referees was especially the the kind of connotation we came with away with. But so I got a text from Steve that said, "So Rick, you had a coach on, and you meant a referee, but uh, you had a you had a ref on, and I heard him speak of kids saying stuff to him that was nasty." And Steve goes, and I want to apologize to you, Rick, because I have been saying nasty things to you, and I'm sorry. We don't agree on politics, and that's fine, but I shouldn't be nasty because we don't agree. And you know what? That's, awesome. And, and I, I appreciate that, Steve, but also, like, I kind of like it when, when people just yell at me because it's, it's, it's way more. So I will read the text when people text me and just, like, call me a dumbass or just anything like that. They just yell at me or I'll read those texts because they're funny, and, I, and I'm pretty I, – I, I'm pretty – I don't know if humble is the right word where Donald Trump can't rip on himself. I, although he's starting to come around and figure that out. Like I will rip on myself and I will say, I, I will be the first one in line to say, you know what? I'm not an expert on this thing when it comes to the economy, Adam, I'm not great. I'm not great on it. Um, but so I, I love kind of the getting ripped on text. And then when someone texts me and said, Hey, good job. I love the, you know, the conversation or something. I never read those texts. I might, t- I might reply to them and thank them, but those texts are no fun on the air. Nobody wants, we want to yell right. at each other. Like we want, that's, and that's the genius of like uh, CNN and Fox News. And it's, it's like this triggering thing. When I come in here and Sean Hannity is on before me, and if I leave him on a little, it won't take two minutes before I'm mad at Sean Hannity about something. And I go, man, these, these national radio hosts, these national TV stations that are 24-7 news, they got to figure it out. They just like get if we got to just get everyone pissed off at each other. And that's where we are with politics. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, Hey, I'm the political blowhard, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do it, too. I mean, it, you, I mean, we come on and, and you talk about like, you'll get some people fired up about stuff, but like, I often, I often like that, that people will come on and, and call in or text and, and, and go at it with you a little bit because uh, you're better at it than I am. Because sometimes I just, I, I like get too fumed about, uh, you know, being challenged on something or something that's just completely off the wall. When when COVID happened, I brought a virolo- virologist or whatever you want to call them. I don't know if that's I, I think I might have just butchered that. But I brought somebody that was, you know, an expert on COVID in and and we would get these COVID deniers calling in and asking questions. They weren't like super, you know, they, but they were saying ridiculous things. And I would just right. roll my eyes and be like, oh, my God, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? And then he would because he's a professor. He'd be like, he'd talk them down. He'd be like, okay, I hear what you're saying. This is, this is where you're seeing this and, and, and where you're, and then he'd explain it away. And he'd, and, and where, and then the person at the end of the vocal would be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I go, look at this well, one at a time. We're solving it one, one person at a time, but it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to do it in that, in that scope. It's, it's super hard to do, but it's also so cool. Uh, I've talked about, I had 
uh, I, I engage, right? Uh, I will engage with people for, for several days over the course of like social media, for example. And at the end of it, when I get something that, that finishes with, you know, I've not thought about it that way, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Right? That, that, is, that is what I live for when it comes to this sort of thing, right? I, I, I'm, I'm a teacher at the end of the day. I'm an instructor. And that means that if I'm going to do my job well, that A, I have to learn, right? So it's not just me preaching and me saying I'm right. It's I've got to learn. I've got to understand. I've got to be able to engage. And then I've got to be able to explain. And if I can get somebody to the point of, again, what I, we were talking about at the, the very beginning with, with Socrates, is can, can, can I understand your point? If I can understand your point, then we can have a discussion. Can you understand my point? If we can, then we can have a discussion. At the end of it, we may still disagree, and that's just fine. But if we're not capable of, of even understanding or, or being willing to understand, right? And that's where Fox and CNN and, and some of these really go is, right? Like I said, I, I, I watch Fox News. I'll hop on a Fox News website, and it cracks me up. And I'm like, dear God, this is nothing just but, but blatant lies. Now, do I go after people? Absolutely. I, I troll uh, uh, Scott Walker. And the hashtag I use is pathetic, li- pathetic liar because he's a pathetic liar. He is both pathetic and a liar, and he's pathetic as a liar. Right? Donald Trump is a pathetic liar, and if you're embracing that and 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 taking that those lies to heart, and you know that they're liars, right? That's the part that makes me laugh. You know that they're pathetic liars, but they're saying the things that you want to say. Well, if they're lying and they're saying the things you want to say, well, then you have a problem. All right. But if, if, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, no, it's fine. I, uh, if you were in studio here, you, I want to interject because you say you troll yep. Scott Walker. And Scott Walker's yep. not in government. Scott Walker can troll all he wants to anyone else. And he does often on Twitter, just in general. But I don't know this. Yep. What do you think of politicians, so elected officials, uh, you know, Gwen Moore, let's just say she's your, your U.S. House rep or whoever, whoever's in, Derek Van Orden over here. Um, what about them trolling you? What about you say something on Twitter and then they're in your mentions or you're, they're adding Adam Murphy, at Adam Murphy or whatever, and they're yelling at you because this happens. We see yeah. – and, and I just – I have a problem with it because I'm like you need – this is the conversation we had yesterday. Referees need to – referees are held to a, a higher standard. If a kid yells something at them, they can't just yell back because then we would all be like, oh, look at the ref. You know, like he, he, he's going after it with an immature kid. Like we don't hold the, the kid to that standard. And we probably we probably shouldn't in a way, but we should probably teach him a lesson in one way, whether it's a coach. Um, but then we got to the point where parents are yelling at refs. And then it's like, well, right. and then the, is the, can the ref yell back at the parents? No, because we're holding the ref to a higher standard. But why? The, the parent is just as old or maybe older than the ref. We should be holding these parents to a higher standard or at least the same standard. And then should we be holding our politicians to a standard where they're not yelling and trolling individuals, constituents, or just randos on Twitter? I'm like, do you have something better to do with your time than to like be adding some a at sign at signing someone on Twitter and yelling at them for a take that they have? It's Twitter, <laughs> man. Like, and I see this all the time. Like, do something better. Like, what if Governor Evers was just trolling? We would be like, no, you're the governor. You have to be able to. Like, we would be mad. Republicans would be mad if Governor Evers was going after individuals on Twitter. Would we not? But we see our we see other people do this all the time. Uh, you're right. And, and let me uh, I'll defend myself ever so slightly. <laughs> no, you can. You're not an elected official. You're like, you're just I'm not. But, 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 I, Scott but I was Walker. Right. 
Right, but when I uh, so I trolled Scott Walker by writing a five-page economic analysis <laughs> of his his writings. Right, so I I I don't just hop on and go, "You're a pathetic liar." I go, "You're a pathetic liar," and here's why. Here's um, the dissertation. <laughs> right, here's my dissertation. So I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a I'm I I'm for politicians engaging as long as they're doing it with a level of authenticity and with the purpose of actual engagement, right? When, when Derek Van Arten, or whatever his name is, is uh, he had a Twitter out today, a tweet out today that just said, no. Okay, well, that's of no value, right? <laughs> that, is, that is literally of zero value. Um, if you want to say, no, this is why I disagree with this, and I think this was uh, voting for the, the, uh, the, the short-term resolution. Yeah, right? yeah. And he just went, no, right? Okay, tell me why. If you want to engage that way, tell us why. The hard part about social media is it's designed for short, which, of course, is funny because they've all gotten longer, right? Twitter used to be 140 characters, then it's 280 characters. Now you can buy however many you want. Right. Um, TikTok, TikTok was, was originally a minute. Then they added three minutes. Then they added 10 minutes. Well, I'm for that because we need more than a meme, right? That was part of one oh, of my yeah. themes the meme culture. I ran, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so politicians that are just a meme, and I make the argument that that's much of the, the loud GOP, right? There might be Republican GOP members that are, are willing to engage, but the loud ones that we see are memes. Ron Johnson is a meme. Um, Van Orton is a meme. They don't explain because they don't know and they don't care. Um, so I, I'm perfectly happy to have politicians engage. I'm perfectly happy to have politicians get riled up, right? You were obviously getting riled up there a little bit ago. I think that's awesome as long as they're willing to look at the reasons, look at their rationale, understand what they believe, try to understand what the other side believes. And then, yeah, if we want to go at it like we're, you know, Packers and Vikings, okay, let's go. But at least we're doing it from, from a position of knowledge, uh, not just from a position of no. Uh, and that's, that's the GOP is just a position of no. <laughs> no, hashtag no. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Adam Murphy hanging out with us this hour. Uh, just we're deep diving here a little bit. It's almost uh, Socrates is taking over the show a little bit. This is a little <laughs> yep. bit of, like it's not even is a political philosophy. Is that a, is that a class we could take political philosophy? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I have. Um, all right, we get. I got to take a break because I got to find. I got to find a good example of. Uh, it's almost meme, but I want to. I want the deep dive, and it's on this unusual whales uh, uh, Instagram page. But I got to find a good one to talk about. So we got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Adam Murphy hanging out this hour. We're, we're, we're Socrates, Socrates seeing political philosophy. And, and people might not get that joke because Socrates, I, I said that in college one time when I was reading Socrates out loud. Because professors make you do that in class sometimes, which is weird. Like, thank you for making me read in class as a college student. I, like, we have better. <laughs> can you talk? Because you're the doctor. You have the doctorate. Can you, can you maybe talk? And, and maybe we'll listen instead of just reading. Um. <laughs> So I couldn't find a really good one of these. And if we could talk about the economy for a minute, is the economy good, Adam, right now? Because uh, all, everything that I read is the economy is doing pretty good. And then also, is it because like, I, like the stuff I got to buy is more expensive and I ain't making a ton more money and I don't really have, I'm not diving into the stock market because I don't have money to put into the stock market. So like, who is the economy doing good for? Because I think a lot of working class people would just like, if you want to say Biden's doing a great job with the economy, look at how good it's doing. It's like, oh, for who? Because that's not me. 
Right. And uh, that's always, it's the, uh, it's one of the terms I used to use is averages versus anecdote. Um, on average, uh, for example, when we talk about wages, right? So there was um, uh, a big issue as far as unemployment, right? Unemployment was arguably too low, uh, depending on how you want to define right. that. But, but the, the flip side, what we heard from Republicans was um, that, uh, you know, there's, there's not enough employees, right? There's, there's people that don't want to work. Yeah. Um, but unemployment was at record lows. Um, so there's a disconnect there where one thing can't be true if the other is true. Uh, but what happened is, is that wages went up. And wages actually went up in the, the bottom quartile, so the, the bottom 25% more. They, they went up more than inflation. Uh, because, uh, you know, restaurants and McDonald's and hospitality and retail, right, all of those generally what we consider to be low-paying introductory jobs, um, people were not in them. They had gone off to work at Amazon for 22 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And, and, and right, and who wants to, to work in a restaurant and get yelled at by customers if you can, you know, go to the Roundies warehouse and uh, you know make twenty bucks an hour? I love how you said. Um, I love how you said restaurants and McDonald's too. I love how you use that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, different animals, right? Different animals. Um, so, so that's what we know is is that that lowest quartile is makes more now than they were before, even relative to all the inflation that we had. The, the people that were, that were impacted arguably the most, and this sounds terrible to say, this is, this is economics speaking, and so my apologies for those that are going to be offended by this, is those who make the most were actually affected the most by inflation because they have more to spend, right? So if, you, if you're making $20,000 a year, you're spending all of your money. When gas prices go up, you're still spending all of your money. You're getting less gas, perhaps, right? Or you're, you're giving up something else, but you're still spending all your money. If you're making $200,000 a year, you're not spending all of your money. When prices go up, you spend more. Ironically, that's good for the economy, right? So the, economics is weird. Uh, when I was on uh, last time, there was somebody said that, you know, Ron Johnson has his degree in, in uh, accounting, and that's good enough. And I'm like, accounting and economics are not the same. <laughs> Accounting is addition and, and maybe occasionally some multiplication or some subtraction, right? Economics is, uh, there aren't PhDs in accounting, right? Um, so what, what happens is then that, peop- that group that's in the middle, you, your wage hopefully went up a little bit uh, uh, over the last three, four years, but it probably didn't go up more than inflation, and so, or might have gone up less than inflation. So there's definitely a group that's probably in the middle that was impacted uh, more, if that's the right term, um, and and that's brutal because that's a group that wants to be able to save, wants to be able to buy a uh, you know house, wants to uh, you, you know go on vacation, right? And they're close to that, um, and so they've been impacted dramatically. I, I would argue based on on hopes, dreams, goals, aspirations, right? The things that, that they, they wanted to do well, in life. Those, those, um, people, those people are also walking the line. Like, I'll go on vacation, and then they come back and, and like, hit a, hit a rock that fell off the bluff with their car, and now they wish they didn't go on vacation yeah. because the, the $700 bill from hitting the rock <laughs> is ruined their car. It's, and they, it's massive. They, that's it. They use their vacation money to go on vacation, and that also is, I broke my car money. Right. It's, it's, it, it absolutely is. So when we talk about, is the economy better, right? Are you, are you better off than you were a few years ago? Um, for a lot of people, yes, but they're still not good. Right. 
and I see and that's the hard part. And I see this, these, a lot of these different headlines, but I'll just, they're, they're kind of all the same. The five richest men have doubled their wealth since 2020. Right. And then there's another headline. We could see our next trillionaire in the next 10 years. And it's just like, okay, can we do something about those people? Because nobody needs a billion dollars. Right. right. And, and, and it makes that, me mad because it's like, okay, did they, it's, it's not like Jeff Bezos makes $17 million. It, like it's, it's always like no. Bezos makes $7 million a minute or something. I don't know. I, it might not, it might not be the eye, but he doesn't make that in a minute. So like, right. it's always hard to understand like where, like maybe his, his stock has grown that in a minute or something, right. but like, it's not yep. like his wallet's getting fatter every minute. Correct. It's, it's the stocks. And the advantage of having that is then you can do stuff with it, right? right? Whether it's you sell it or you use it to, to, to borrow against. Um, that's one of the huge advantages as you become a business owner, for example, as, as you know, or people that, um, uh, you know, once you've paid off your house, right, then your house becomes an asset that you can borrow against. So then that's how you put your kids through college, which helps grow their wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why homeownership is a big deal. Um, and why redlining in Milwaukee was such a big deal for the black community and how it has impacted them generations later. Right. Um, and, and those are things that are, are hard to understand and wrap your head around when, when we don't think about them, let alone we don't tend to think generationally. Well, right? We tend to think month to month, year to year. Well, they don't fit on a Homer Simpson meme either. Like, that's too much, right. too many words. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, Absolutely. we're like so, doing this with all of working class society right now as, as kids get out of college and they can't afford a house. They barely can afford right. rent. So, like, this whole section of society is just going to is going to live paycheck to paycheck and, and, and rent forever. And, yeah, so I don't know. It's the yeah, gloom the, and gloom, man. Yeah, the, the middle class is significantly weaker than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. And there's a lot of reasons for that, and arguably the GOP is the main reason behind it. Um, trickle-down economics doesn't work. The rich getting richer doesn't mean that they're going to pass the money down to, to those who can't. And higher taxes is what actually creates investment or incentive for investment for businesses and, and the wealthy, not lower taxes. Well, just Higher taxes, the argument is, do they give it to the government? No. Yeah. And, we're t- and we're talking about negotiating that, too, like giving more tax breaks to corporations and the rich. Uh, and I can't yeah, remember what the, what the pay, oh, child care, I think it was, or something like that. It was some child care bill in the U.S. House. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do something about child care just a little bit, as long as you give corporations another tax break. And it's like, this is not working. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right. Take care. Allow people to, to be able to take care of their kids or have child care resources and, and have that paid for along with health care. That's a massive boom for business. <laughs> Again, I'm a business owner. I'm a capitalist. I am all for making a profit within reason. And what I can tell you is, is that's what, what is better for me as a business owner is if my employees are happy, my employees are healthy, their kids are happy and they're healthy, they're in school, they're learning, right? The better educated population allows me to have a better choice of, of employees, right? All of that sort of thing that the, 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 the GOP and the Republicans are fighting against is all stuff that actually increases the amount of money in your pocket and increases and improves the economy. It's just simple math. <laughs> all right, that's Adam Murphy, our political blowhard, our tech grandpa. <laughs> tech, tech grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was going to stick. Tech grandpa. <laughs> I know it's not good. Uh, small business owner, economist, uh, and oh, there's one more. Economist, oh, political scientist, and uh, failed Senate U.S. Senate candidate. Uh, really, and EV of, driver, right? And EV, yeah, <laughs> EV expert. I would say, like, we didn't even do that. I want to. I'm going to try to have an EV person on next week, but 
Um, I have so many questions about EVs that the lady that I talked to said, you need a whole panel to solve this, these EV questions. So we'll see. I, I mean, I sent you my diatribe on, on EVs. We, we, we could probably talk, tackle that sometime, but I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Adam. Hey, always a treat, Rick. Take care. All right, thanks. Um, all right, coming up tomorrow, UW Lacrosse Political. Is it Friday? Tomorrow's Friday. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Uh, we may we might hit on we hit on the maps. I think last week, but there's you know the the new congressional maps is probably something that we could talk about uh, funding the government for another couple of weeks, uh, something. But we always have like some sidebar nonsense stories uh, that we come up with during the day. They're always super fun. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks everyone for listening.